Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll be celebrating four birthdays, those of Leon Goldsman, A.P. Carter, Ernest Klappholtz, and one of the Nesbitt brothers. Which one? Stay tuned, and we'll also have some songs to celebrate the season. This very day, December 19th, marks the birth in 1897 in Kiev, then part of Russia, but if a certain someone has his way, it will be again, of Leon Goldsman. Doesn't ring a bell? You may know him better as the Salon Orchestra leader in 1920s Berlin, Dios Bella. Goldsman served in the Russian army in World War I, and then studied music in Moscow, after which he moved to Berlin for further musical studies, playing violin in local pubs and other small venues. He started his own orchestra, changing his name to the more Hungarian-sounding and better-accepted Dios Bella, and was contacted by the Carl Lindstrom Company to make recordings. He began one of the most popular orchestras in Germany, playing Hungarian and Romanian-inspired music, classical music, and even jazz, although issued under pseudonyms such as Clive Williams Jazz Band and Max Jazz Orchestra. The orchestra was heard on radio, played in some of Berlin's finest hotels, and made recordings with the comedian Harmonists. In 1933, Bella was forced to leave Germany because of his Jewish origins, and after appearances in Holland, France, and London, made his way to Buenos Aires, Argentina, where he was able to continue his successful career playing in coffee houses and bars, and also provided opportunities for fellow Jewish musicians. He returned to Germany only once, in 1977, to be honored. Dios Bella died December 5, 1978, in La Falda, Argentina, and is buried in the Jewish cemetery La Tablada in Buenos Aires. Here are three from Dios Bella. Thank you. 
Bella at St. Anne's Orchestra with Electric Girl, written by Otto Helmberg Holmes. Bella's orchestra recorded Electric Girl without electricity in 1922 at the Carl Lindstrom Studios in Berlin, recorded this time using the Western Electric System in the same studio on Tuesday, September 13, 1927. It was originally released in Germany on a 12-inch parlophone disc. This was from the 1930 British Parlophone repressing, and it was also released in Australia. Before Electric Girl, it was the waltz Bluet et Coquelico, which translates as Cornflowers and Poppies. Bluet et Coquelico was written by Charles-Emile Waldteufel in 1896. He was born in Strasbourg on December 9, 1837, and you are no doubt familiar with his most famous composition, the Skater's Waltz. We started off the set by being invited to the wedding of Mr. Mickey Mouse. That's from a European Columbia 78, number J1892, and has Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf on the flip side. The wedding of Mr. Mickey Mouse was written by Franz Vienna, whose real name was Franz Steininger. My real name is Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. Last week, December 15th, marked the birth in 1891 in Mesa Spring, Virginia, of Alvin Pleasant Delaney Carter, better known as A.P. Carter, a musician and founding member of the Carter family, which he formed with his wife Sarah in 1927. They were joined by Sarah's cousin, Maybell, and her husband, Ezra Carter, A.P.'s brother. The group made their first recordings at Victor's famous Bristol Sessions on August 1st, 1927, in Bristol, Tennessee, and were paid $50 for each song they recorded, plus a half-cent per copy royalty for copyrighted songs. Sarah sang lead vocal and played rhythm guitar or auto-harp, Maybell sang harmony and played lead guitar, while A.P. sang harmony and background vocals, occasionally lead, and sometimes not at all. In addition to touring, starting in 1938, the group was heard on radio station XERA across the Mexican border from Del Rio, Texas. Programs were also recorded and distributed to other stations, and in 1942, the program moved to WBT in Charlotte, North Carolina. AP and Sarah separated in 1932 and divorced in 1939, but the band stayed together and continued to tour until 1944, when A.P. quit the music business to run a general store. A.P. Carter died in Kingsport, Tennessee on November 7, 1960, and is buried in the cemetery of Mount Vernon United Methodist Church in Hilton's, Virginia. Here are three from A.P. Carter and the Carter family.
You can wash my jumper, starch my overhaul, catch a train they call the cannonballs and buffalo to Washington. Yonder comes a train coming down the track to carry me away, but ain't gonna carry me back, my honey babe, my blue-eyed babe. Tuck my shoes, enough to give me the doggone weary blues. She's gone, she's solid Just don't. 
started against the rock she crushed upside down the engine turned and George's breast did smash his head was against the far box door the flames are rolling high I'm glad I was born for an engineer to die on the sin of Doctor says to Georgie, my darling boy, be still. Your life may yet be saved if it is God's blessed will. Oh no, said George, that will not do. I want to die so free. I want to die for the engine I love, 143. The doctor said to Georgie, your life cannot be saved. Murdered up on a railroad and laid in a lonesome grave. His face was covered up with blood, his eyes you could not see. And the very last words for Georgie said was, dear my God to thee.
pocketbook is empty, my heart is filled with pain. Ten thousand miles away from home, oh boy, an old freight train. sense a theme in those three records? We started with A.P. Carter and a rare vocal solo on the Cannonball from Bluebird B-6020, recorded May 24, 1930 in Memphis, Tennessee. Next was the Trainwreck song, Engine 143, the 30th song recorded by the Carter family, and one of five they made on February 15, 1929, in their sixth recording session. A.P. Carter is credited as songwriter on the label of Victor V-40089, but the song was first recorded by Gene Austin in 1924 under the title The C&O Wreck. It's based on the true story of the wreck of the Chesapeake and Ohio Railway's FFV for fast-flying Virginian near Hinton, West Virginia in 1890. The luxury passenger train was heading toward Washington, D.C. when it struck a rock slide. George Allen, the 30-year-old engineer, tried to stop, but the engine overturned, and he was scalded to death by the steam. The two firemen on board were also scalded but survived, and remarkably, no passengers were injured. There are lots of versions of the song, with titles including The Wreck of the C&O, The FFV, and George Allen. Engine 143 was the last song that Johnny Cash ever recorded, August 21, 2003, just two weeks before his death. And we finished up with Western Hobo, also credited to A.P. Carter, recorded November 24, 1929, in Atlanta, Georgia. Yesterday, December 18th, marked the birth in 1905 in Cape Town, South Africa, of Abraham Horwitz better known by his stage name, Harry Nesbitt. He was one half of the Nesbitt brothers, his brother being Max Nesbitt, born October 18, 1903. Max and Harry were a South African double act of close harmonizing, accompanying themselves on banjo and uke, dancing, and engaging in snappy crosstalk. They began performing together as children and wrote all of their own material, including about 200 songs such as That Certain Thing, I Kiss Your Hand, Madame, and My Baby's Got Red Hair and Freckles. In 1927, the brothers came to the UK and played music halls, but also toured the American vaudeville circuit. They were captured in a phono film by Lee DeForest in 1927, made a Vitaphone short in 1931, a British screen vaudeville film in 1934, and were involved in several early TV experiments from 1936 to 1939. They appeared as actors in the 1931 British international picture Old Soldiers Never Die, and were heard regularly on radio. Max died on April 11, 1966, and Harry a couple of years later on October 21, 1968. The pair also made some records, and here are three of them. Is he? Is he? 
has he caught a chill? Has he, has he the slightest cold? Auburn turns to blue. A fender stylus, tonsillitis, and bronchitis too. Is he breathing still? Is he, is he, will he make a will? Will he, will he? I am Easy's lawyer and I call around because I want to know if Easy's as old Easy as he was. Mr. Izzy Rubenstein, who was very old, one day playing tiddlywinks had caught a nasty cold. His great-great-grandson wrapped him up and put him into bed. His lawyer called next morning, and this is what he said. You know, Mr. Izzy's very ill. Is he? Mm. Why, what's the matter with he him? He eats lots hot food, fiskes, It's no wonder he's got broken kites. But if he had tables, bagels, lotion and tomatoes, that would be a different diet. I say, but who are you? Who am I? <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> I'm his liar. No, I mean his lawyer. And the cold are on because I, I want to know if he's his best or is he as he was. Before she'll be waiting, Rabbi, down by 
heaven door Two hearts beat as one They sing a lover's song Down south you can't go wrong
the Nesbitt brothers, Max and Harry, who were keeping out of mischief now. Then, being October of 1932, on Xonophone 6212. Keeping Out of Mischief Now was written by Andy Rezaf and Fats Waller, who occasionally did get into mischief. Before that, the Nesbitt brothers, described on the label of Regal Xonophone MR2934 as duettists, singing their tune, Georgia's Got a Moon, in 1939, a rare straight recording without any of their trademark vocal shenanigans. We began with more of the style they were known for, asking the musical question, Is Izzy as he was? Max and Harry were backed by Jack Hilton and his orchestra on HMV B5666, May 30, 1929. Is Izzy as he was was written by Arthur Leclerc. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon. Yesterday, December 18th, marked the birth in 1882 in Vienna, Austria, of Ernest Charles Klappholz to Heinrich Hirsch Klappholz and Paula Pauline Thumann. The family arrived in the U.S. in 1902, and in 1920, already married to Julia Kantorowicz, Ernest petitioned to become a United States citizen. 1920 was a very prolific year for Klappholz, in which he wrote or collaborated on tunes including Peppy Steps, American Beauty, OU Baby, and Two Brown Eyes. I could find very little information about him, at least in the time I had to put this segment together, but in nearly every reference to him that I found, he was inextricably linked professionally to Arthur Lang. I don't know how their association began, but in 1929... Klappholz and Lang went to Hollywood to work on motion pictures. Shortly after arriving, Ernest's beloved wife Julia died of pneumonia on June 8, 1929. She is interred in a mausoleum at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. By 1931, Klappholz and Lang had worked together arranging and recording music for 30 feature films and 12 shorts, and Lang was named director of the music department at the RKO Pathé Studios. The pair were heavily involved in the acoustic design of the 125,000-square-foot RKO Path A soundstage in Hollywood. On January 14, 1932, Ernest remarried to Angela Martin in Garland, Arkansas. Ernest Klappholz died October 6, 1965 in Riverside, California, only about 20 miles from where I am right now. Back on the April 25th show, I played In a Boat for Two by Sam Lennon's orchestra, but here's another version. Thank you. 
was a very popular tune recorded by Sam Lennon, Joseph C. Smith, and Ben Selvin, among others. But we heard Ray Miller and his black and white Melody Boys and their version of what's described as a Hawaiian foxtrot, 
Lola Low, written by Ernest Klappholz and Arthur Lang. That's from Columbia, A3563, January 31st, 1922. Before that, Gene Fosdick's Hoosiers with One Night in June, written by Klappholz, Lang, and Ted Snyder. Gene Fosdick, who played saxophone and clarinet, was indeed from Indiana, and his 20-year-old brother Dudley was heard in a saxophone solo on that record. He went on to a long musical career playing the mellophone. One Night in June, on Vocalion 14473 from November of 1922, was one of just nine domestic sides the group made in four sessions. We started the set in a boat for two. Another Lang Clapholz collaboration played by Runo's jazz band on the Swedish Echophone label, number NS1604, made in Stockholm around April of 1923. The personnel are unknown, but the group was probably led by pianist Sven Runo. This is our last show before Christmas, so for those who celebrate, here are some rapidly rotating records having to do with Christmas.
Now, children, stop playing a moment and listen to the dear old story of the shepherds and the stars. that Christmas was nothing but a day to get a lot of presents and to give a lot of ways. Shouted Merry Christmas and helped to trim the tree. Just a day of Christmas was all that I could see. Since I found that Christmas is more than any day, Christmas come to our house and never went away. Struck me of a sudden that friendliness and cheer was meant to be on duty more than one day in the year. If we're happy Christmas, why not the day before and the day that follows and so on evermore? Got to thinking of it, and that is why I say Christmas come to our house and never went away. Lots of us go plodding along the road of life and think one day of gladness will make up for all the strife. But the Christmas spirit can show you how you need to make each day of Christmas in thought and word and deed. Used to pack the kindness in camper balls next day till Christmas come to our house and never went away. We just keep on giving to strangers and to kin and find that what is going out is always coming in. Makes the sunshine brighter where we've got to live to learn that giving's keeping. What you keep, you give. Holly in December. And violets in May and Christmas come to our house and never went away. Used to think that Christmas was nothing but a date. Till I learned that truly you would never have to wait. 
but that it's the spirit that never stays apart if you let it find you and keep it in your heart. Since I found that Christmas is more than just a day, Christmas come to our house and never went away. We started this final segment of the show with the Aeolian Concert Band and the Children's Christmas, Parts 1 and 2. That's from Vocalion 14244, released in December of 1921. Part 1 is subtitled Christmas Eve, A Dream of Santa Claus, and Part 2, Christmas Morning, The Awakening. I don't know if he was the narrator, but composer, arranger, conductor, and musical director Robert Hood Bowers was born May 24, 1877, and you may just be hearing more about him in a few months. In the intro to the segment, I said these were records for those who celebrate Christmas, but the concepts expressed in Always Christmas should be embraced and practiced by everyone. That was Wilbur D. Nesbitt, no relation to Max and Harry, reciting his poem, Always Christmas, from Jeanette5228-A, released in December of 1923. That's one of ten records produced by Jeanette marketed as gifts that actually speak your Christmas greetings. The records had special Christmas greetings labels and came in a special Christmas sleeve for giving as gifts. American humorist and poet Wilbur Dick Nesbitt, who also went by the pen name Josh Wink, was born in 1871 in Xenia, Ohio. He was a printer, newspaper reporter, editor, and columnist, and advertising executive, best known for his poem, Your Flag and My Flag, published in 1902, but which became very popular during World War I. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention, and regardless of what or if you celebrate, I wish you a wonderful Christmas season filled with quality time spent with family and friends. (laughs) 